0: Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. Your hosts for today, Ivan Pineda, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Let's start the show.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast, I know, second Time this week in a row, we're going to be talking to you guys all things as Aguilas de la America. We're going to be recapping that wonderful win for America in regards to points against Masatlan, and then we're going to be talking all things Lady Aguilas, and then we're going to be recapping everything. Uh, actually, no, we're going to be previewing everything in regards to the Pueblo match. So, as always, let me introduce my co host, Brooklyn's very own AJ and New York's favorite resident Christian Rosendo. Gentlemen, how are we?
2: who goes first this time is it it me or are
3: you well he did say your name first so i'm guessing you would go first chronological order come on aj here we go man you know what can we just start the show over again
2: (laughs) we'll
1: just restart it
2: i'm good though i'm doing good thank you thanks for asking how about you
1: i'm doing well thank you you're the only one who asked me What's how i'm doing sometimes, I christian <laughs> ask me, sometimes christian will ask me no, no always- never
3: mind I'm, I'm not gonna ask you this time but i'm doing good uh <laughs> after getting off this very stressful accounting class uh and um i'm just excited to talk everything america there's uh there's a lot of things i need to say get off my chest <laughs> um i've been very active on twitter for anyone that doesn't follow me i think it'd be a very good idea to follow me i was taking on the whole world yesterday and uh for very good reason but i think we'll get into that a little bit more
1: later you definitely will. And I, and I I do want to pick your brain because I think um, you do bring up some pretty good, po- good points, but I think some of the stuff that other people are rebuttaling with, I think also has to be put no. out. To no, right. And now Brian, to see what you have to, you know, <laughs> what is, Brian He's a friend of ours, great friend of the podcast, Brian. Um, I think he does have, he does merit some stuff that he says. And I, I do agree with him in that aspect. And I know AJ, uh, AJ and him are very close to that in regards, but we will get to, into that a little bit later. And, and you know, we won't drag on this any further. So, good to have you both on. Unfortunately, our beloved cowboy is uh is stuck in traffic. Um that's what you get when you ride a horse back to from work. So, uh hopefully he's uh, he's able to make it back in time, but we'll have to wait and see. All right, gentlemen, are we ready to talk all things Los Angeles, America.
3: Yeah, but this lighting is killing me. I need a new setup, honestly. <laughs> I feel like I'm so like glossy in the front and it's making me uncomfortable.
1: Yep. I mean, look, <laughs> You're the accounting guy, all right? You, you got to make that. You, you got to put some of that budget towards the lighting.
3: Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know what? It, it, it'll get fixed for next week. Uh, I'm sorry, guys.
1: Let's cool. go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Well, let's uh, let's start off with that game that happened on Wednesday, gentlemen. America versus Matatlán. America ends up winning three to one in, I wouldn't say the most convincing fashion of ways. Although, again, three points are very, very good. Three points at this point of. The- the season when you know you definitely need to accumulate as much as possible because like we mentioned this week for this these upcoming week these games for america are going to be very very important because then of course you have the three clasicos right back to back and then you have you know tigres and all that stuff so got to focus on these upcoming games ahead so this game against mazatlan was very very crucial very important to get all three points aj i'm gonna throw it to you first how did you feel coming into this game? Because like we mentioned on Tuesday's podcast, you know, we're a bit hesitant of what America side we're going to get. And we knew that the back five, whilst it did give us some kind of good fortune in getting us those three points against San Luis, wasn't looking like it was the most solid going forward. So tell me more about uh, how you were coming into this one and how you came out of it, knowing that America ended up winning three to one.
2: So like I said last time, I said that a Thunder were coming into this game struggling as well. America, though we picked up a win, we're still trying to um, bounce back from the previous two games that we had in which, you know, we've conceded seven goals. But in coming into this game, I was feeling confident, especially with the same lineup. Yoho was going to put the same players up with the same what the same formation. No changes at all. So I was just happy on that on that part. So I'm just like, okay, this will be fine. Despite like playing final the back, there were some moments here and there where Mazatan were going in and trying to get themselves a goal. That didn't happen though until in this in the um second half. Same thing for America. We aren't really doing. We weren't really doing much in the first half, which we talked about um last time on the podcast. I'm like, it feels like it's a difference between like two different um halves. In one half, América could be great, and the other half, they're not vice versa. So it seemed like in the second they just seemed to pick things off. Starting with that Henry Martin goal, the crazy on goal by uh, Mazatlán's Aldo Rocha, and then that amazing free kick from Richard Sanchez. But despite us playing five in the back, we did happen to concede a goal by um, Mazatlán's Milos Veso, and it just like made me scratch on my head. We're playing five in the back but we're still conceding goals goal somehow. But at the end of the day, though, we picked up the three points, so...
1: I think you put it perfectly, right? It's a tale of two halves. Same narrative that America continues to have throughout this season. Christian, I'm throw it to you now because I know (laughs) you've been waiting for it. But like we just mentioned, a tale of two halves, and I think one of the reasons why you were very frustrated with this back five is because in the first 45 minutes, we saw no creativity going forward. We really saw actually nothing from America, if I'm being honest. Mazatlan were dominating possession. Uh, we just kind of looked like we were ready to just get something on the counterattack. And really, like I mentioned to, to AJ and Dylan on Tuesday's episode, this wasn't a game for us to kind of play Gordo and and in, in, in two center defensive mids, which I think he ended up changing. It was more kind of a flat back three center mid uh formation for that 5-3-2 but you know i felt like this game was a little bit more for like you mentioned Sergio Diaz a player that's explosive someone that can you know uh, you know chase the game bring the game to Mazatlan take on players be a little bit more explosive so talk to me a little bit more about that first 45 minutes and talk to me about just in general this game because i know you didn't have problems with this 5-3-2
3: yeah, so just overall in this game, um, I, I think anyone could tell you that we, we didn't play well. And whether it's a tribute to the back in the five or not, um, this is a game where, you know, we shouldn't have had that performance. Uh, this was uh, Masatlan team with, I think they were in the top three worst uh, defensive teams in the whole league coming into this game. Um, and like you said, Ivan, this was not a game for, for a back five or a m- more of a passive approach to this game. Uh, i think I think with the likes of Cordova being in a in a more camp position Sergio Diaz with the uh explosiveness uh roger martinez at uh, sometimes I think he could have had a good impact if if he started in this game uh I think it could have posed for a different outcome um you know while the three one is definitely not a bad result, and on when you look at a three one you would think that America was the clear dominant in the in this match, unfortunately, it wasn't like that though in both halves. Uh, Masatan had over 60% possession, and, you know, that just tells you that we had no control of the midfield. They kind of had their way with the with the ball, and, you know, like you said, Ivan, just throughout the whole game, we really didn't have any creativity going forward. Now, Fijo tries to make some subs to kind of adjust to that, but you're playing players out of position, which in turn don't give you any end effect as well. So this five-in-the-back formation really limits the squad even more because you have so many players that don't fit this formation. And then when you try to implement them, you're not going to get a good return because, well, that's not their position. Um, I, I understand they're professional football players and they should try to adapt to the situation. But granted, though, you know, you can't always expect that. And especially against this team, you should be going full on attack. Honestly, this should have been a, a blowout. Probably 6-0 with the players that we have. Um, this this probably could have gone for more. But I understand why everyone wants the f- the five in the back, I think it provides more of a defensive stability. Uh, I think coming, you know, coming into this game, we've only conceded two goals. In mean, the previous two, uh, pre- yeah, previous two, we conceded seven. So in turn, we're, we're getting better defensive results, but we're still not playing like the way we should be playing against teams like. There's no disrespect to San Luis and Masatlán, but playing like this, this like in this style, is not going to work for us uh, against top tier teams, in my opinion. And you guys can go on and on, you know, back and forth, but. Right now, we, we, we got, we got you know, we were pretty outplayed by a Mazatlan team that's in 16th place. Now, imagine when we go up against a Cruz Azul, a Tigres, or León. You know, if we keep playing like this, the same formation, same exact players, you know, I don't know how it's going to go on. And honestly, it frightens me.
1: You know, I think the fact that you mentioned, you know, it's limiting some of these players. But I would argue that even any other formation, you're limiting the players as well because you... Your argument is to go back to a 4, four 2 3 1 formation, right? In a like, way. I, I just, I just I don't see how we have the players for that.
3: I mean, right? Well, with well, this formation, if you want, we have essentially. This formation three for fits
1: it. a majority of the players that we have. I mean,
3: you're limiting already Benedetti, Giovanni Dos Santos, Leo Suarez, Roger Martinez, Sergio Sergio Diaz, in a, in, a, in a sense. That's five crucial key players in the offensive side that can make a difference at any given moment. and this formation, really you're, in this you formation, you're forced to use Escovoza, so a player who really hasn't done pretty much anything since he got to America. his uh, countries who really, really hasn't found his, his rhythm. Uh, also, Gonzalez, who in turn has good games. Which when I am not really a big fan of him, but in this season, he has been doing things quite well. So... Uh, I'll give him that. I that Sanchez wasn't the same as he was last season. You know, you only have Cordova in there who can kind of do something, but then sometimes never return his position as, you know, as as we would like him to. And then Henry and a sometimes, well, they're they're not really there. So, I mean, if it fits them better, I that's good for them. But for the rest of the squad, you know, it just doesn't seem like a lot of support Because when there's, when there's time for substitutions, you put in players like Chucho Lopez and, you know, Emilio Sanchez with Granite. Emilio Sanchez is... You know, an I'm up-coming I'm, I'm, I'm prospect, which I think has a great future, but for right now, I don't think that's the the answer to this uh, to this problem that we have.
1: It sounds like more the problem with you is that we don't have the roster
3: because we don't, and that's exactly why we shouldn't be playing
1: this formation. But then if then I go back to kind of your argument that if we move to another formation, it's going to be the same thing. I don't really think you're limiting players like Gio, like Benedetti, like Roger, because you know Roger, whilst he he has had a pretty decent season so far out on the wing. We know he likes to be up top. Gio and Benedetti would have a creative uh, liberty to go and just be that Cam the way that Córdoba has been. Right? And I see Richard and you see, uh, and I see Santi and and also that can all play in that center mid or even set a defensive mid spot. You know, some a little bit more creative than others. And I think that fits them fine. I just... I don't even think you're limiting even a player like Sergio Diaz. Yes, we know, and you should know this, Christian. You followed him pretty, pretty well. You know that he's not just a winger, he's, he can naturally play up top as a striker. Or he has the capability, and I'm pretty sure he, he would not be opposed to playing behind the strikers in more of that center forward, center, center attacking mid position. So let I don't really ask think. Question.
3: Th- let me ask you a question. Oh, if go. you're a Piojo, who, who would you put up to as, on, on your next game? Your top two strikers. Who would you go?
1: Simple. You put Pinas and Henry there in Okay, form.
3: so you're basically just... You're, you're, not, you're not really giving Sergio Diaz a chance. Okay, now let's go back to the midfield. Who would you put as your cam out of Benedetti, Giovanni Santos, and Cordova?
1: Oh, man, you're putting me in a tough one there because... Oh, well, uh, well yeah, wrong person to ask, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah, that is the wrong presentation. Only a, because but, he's had more minutes in that. And, and in in Cordova, okay, exactly. Yeah, you so put like, Cordova.
3: So you're not really giving people the opportunity to, to start, at least not with, uh, I guess, four two three one, You have wingers that can actually play. You, Roger, for the most part of the season, has done a well enough job to merit a starting spot. You, Leo Suarez, while he was finally gathering, uh, getting a rhythm, he got dropped to the bench because he doesn't fit this formation. Now you have Cordova, who, who was doing well in the camp position. I think uh, AJ can agree with me here that I think we love seeing him in that camp role. You have him there who, who he was excelling, and that's his position. That's where he wants to play. Now Benedetti's back, and now I would think that Benedetti would like a crack at that position because I think he'd do a stellar job there. Um, and I think it would just fit everybody well. Only problem with that formation that I'm posing is you would most likely either eliminate Richard also or Santi, one of, one of the three. Um, but you know, in, in turn, you can probably put two CDMs, and then it can solve some of your defensive problems. Um, when, when when trying to when trying to cover the gaps, because even in this game with the formation of a back five, there were still gaps in the middle. There were still gaps in the in, in, in the in the line in the back five and the in the in the midfield of three. There were still gaps. Can you please explain to me why there were still gaps when we technically had six defenders?
1: No, yeah, you're right. I mean, Ochoa had to have himself win uh, another type of those. Games, oh yeah, right? uh, yeah. But on side note, that's a it's
3: a very great performance by Ochoa. I think he had I think two or three key saves that could have uh, you know sworn the match in either way. So I think Ochoa definitely deserves some error in this gap.
1: Yeah, but you're no, you're right. You're right to bring up the concerns because I, I have them as well, right? Because in the back five, and I think AJ has them as well. You mentioned it in his uh, in his initial report is the fact that you know you how do you concede a goal the way that you did and how do you keep leaving spaces? Your goalkeeper should have not had to have worked as hard as he did because a team like Masatan, you know? No disrespect. Exactly. No disrespect at all, but, y- y- you know, there's levels. There's tiers to what, you know, the expectation is for this game and the fact that there is I don't have the answer because I can't sit here and tell you that I know exactly what these players are going through, but I think it's a transitional phase. And I think that's what a person like Brian would argue with you as well, is that it's a transitional phase because these players aren't used to playing with a three-back center-back partnership, right? Aguilera's, Aguilera, by no means necessary, Is he has he ever had to be the leader of that back line. And now
3: you're asking him to be the leader, knowing what we know of him.
1: <laughs> but because, again... Due to the unfortunate circumstances that is Bruno Valdez's injury, Correct. unless you're going to no, bring so. in someone that's a leader in a center back role, which right, I, but, I think but, America's but we, not bringing anyone else.
3: We know this. I mean, well, we'll get out a little bit later, but um, but but knowing what we what you just said, wouldn't it help to have at least a little bit more help, more a little bit in front of you if you had also and Santi in front of you as CDMs?
1: You had you had also, which I think he did an okay job, not his best night in an American, not his best guy, night now.
3: But I mean, but I think, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discredit because either, like I said before, I'm not really a big also fan. But in throughout the season, though, I, I think when every time he he's got the opportunity to play, I think he has a he has a you know um given us results. So for this game, for this game only, I'll, I'll, I'll let him slide for a little bit. But those gaps though, they they need to be fixed.
1: And I think it's it's that thing, it's that transitional phase because it's it's a two different five three two formation when you look at the game against San Luis and you look at the game in Mazatlán, right? It's in in the in the game against San Luis, we had Córdoba as a cam, and then you had the two center center mids, right? Between also and Richard. And then you have this five three two formation against Mazatlán where it's more of a more of a flatter center mid partnership. Mm-hmm. You yeah, have Cordova on the left, also in the middle, and Richard on the right, which I told you that's what
3: preferably I wanted. Because that's I what think- you wanted, but you're still playing players out of position again. Yes and no. Yes and no, because yes, you're not, you're you're not really letting Cordova shine, right? You can make the argument that he was trying to do his best to shine. He was trying to do his best to shine, but that's, you're not putting him in the best position to shine, which is what I'm trying to argue right now, that most of these players are not putting them in the position to shine, even when they sub in. When Benedetti was subbed in, he was played more on the left. I the way, I, I didn't
1: even know he was in. Exactly.
3: I didn't even know he was playing until half the time until I heard they did have to say his name.
1: Because I, I think that's more of a Benedetti problem
3: than it is and a formation problem. And now you put problem. Roger up top, who he hasn't played up top in over how many matches?
2: I think the last I time I remember him playing as a forward was probably like during preseason when he actually first arrived. I remember, he yeah. played as a forward. So, I
1: don't, I don't think that's a problem for Roger, though. He, he's, he, he naturally just gravitates towards the middle whenever he does play sometimes. So, I, I don't see that as a problem.
3: So, I mean, if you want to go with the flatter three, I mean, it can work, but we need the three, the three center mids, you know? I, I, I argue that also Sandy should be there, but then you, have, you need two other center mids that who can it be besides Richard?
1: Richard for sure has to start. So yeah, then, then you
3: think you probably argue this would be a game probably for Giovanni Dos Santos or that would be a position for Giovanni Dos Santos, but he hasn't been a starter all year. He hasn't played a game all year.
1: No, he hasn't even come off the bench. Which... He hasn't
3: come off the bench. Yeah, and then, you know, you're bringing Emilio Sanchez up, up there. Uh, I mean, you know, really without much, you know, first team experience and you're asking him to play a big role. You know, so once again, it just goes back to my to my I guess point that I guess you're trying to argue that you know we just don't have the players for this formation. If we had different players, and now you're you're telling me about three true CDMs, uh, you know, three true uh like well experienced center backs, two wing back, two wing backs that can actually create something because we all did. We don't know Escobar really hasn't been doing much except for that one pass he had uh to Henry Martin in that uh, San Luis game. He really hasn't been doing much. Let's be honest here. And then Jorge Sanchez, you know what? He hasn't been the same Jorge Sanchez, let's be honest. So, you know, it's just, for right now, for right now, it just doesn't seem like a good formation for us. But I'll give everyone that's listening this. If you guys can, if we play this, this, uh, this formation against a good team, against, you know, a Cruz Azul, or a Leon, or a Tigres, any top-tier team, and we come out and give a great match, I'll accept the formation, that's fine. But until then, until we prove that this formation can work against top-tier team, I'm not buying a single moment of it.
1: Well, I think that's because I think at, at this point, and America is very poised in in the opportunity that has fallen upon them to be able to switch a formation kind of midway through your season mm-hmm. and be able to have games in which you're able to maybe have these players adapt more without really having the pressure of having, like you mentioned, these top tier teams in Liga Mekis then I think it's going to pay to the benefit of America, right? We didn't have the best game against Atlético San Luis. We didn't have the best game against Mazatlán. And who's to say that we're going to have a good game against Puebla or even against Toluca? But if America ends up w- walking away with all of all six points in the next two games, and then you're going up against Chivas, and you play that back five formation, and you end up blowing the competition out of the water, then I think it's paid dividends. I think, I think at this point, Not against it's, two game, it's, it's two games in. It's still well, because um, I, I think in a classical, it's a whole different story. I don't think I you have to look at form well, I mean, but at that point, you have to talk uh, talk about the x factor that is a classical, right? We're not going to get oh, into well, it true, because true. we have we have a whole lot of stuff planned for the classical, but what I'm thinking here is that Piojo finds his groove in regards to this formation. It works for him. Players adapt more. players understand more of what their what their roles are. Whether it's starting, coming off the bench, how explosive they need to be. I think it's just trying to pit, put the puzzle pieces exactly where they have to go. Piochi even said it himself. He's like, I'm content that we were able to win the match, but I'm not happy with the way that we played. He even said it. We didn't have the ball. We need to have more of the ball. He said it. it. it? He's like, he's like, I, I, he's, he's like, some players weren't showing what they needed to show. because. So he understands. It's not like he's sitting there and he's like, Well, great, I won 3-1 against Mazatlan. This formation must be working, nothing else to fix. I think he sees that there's an underlying issue in regards to performance out there. But as long as he gets those three points, as long as he continues to go, I say this: give it until the, the Toluca game, right? Give it until the Toluca game, and then we can talk whether or not this formation is working or not. Because I think two two Chivas, games in, two games Chivas, in, you we'll can't you can't. We have Chivas, then we have
3: Cruz Azul, correct? Yes. Okay, I'll give you i I'll give you at that Cruz Azul game. We'll see what happens at that Cruz Azul game. Cause I think I think that, that, that's the first that's the first time. That's gonna be your first real test. That's to be your first real and and then and then even that I'm giving you San Luis, Mazatlán, Toluca, Puebla and Chivas. That's five games. Five games to get this formation. Can you think America can do it in five games? I would hope so. Okay, well let's go. Five and, games. Yes. I'll give you guys five games to try it out to try it out. Let me see more improvements of this, of this back five. Brian, I'm talking to you. Let me see more improvements of this back five. And then at that Cruz Azul game, if this team somehow manages to blow, blow me out of the water with this formation, and we happen to win in a good way, playing He will shave his hair. I will accept it, and I will admit <laughs> I, I was wrong about this formation.
1: Okay understandable. I mean, I, I just think it's a process. I don't know. AJ, me and Christian have been going back and forth. Really, what's your input? Nah, I'm on going course?
3: off. AJ, I'm the, you're
1: up. Let's go, baby. Come on. <laughs>
3: um, No. Like,
2: we're in the phase where we're trying to really figure out what we can do because, like, to concede seven goals against two teams that in which they have struggled so far in the league, that's a huge red flag. Well, I, mean, a huge I, red I would make the
1: argument that Querétaro isn't struggling anymore, are they? Before,
2: yes, they were, but after what they did to us, okay, yeah, no, they actually I think happened to like destroy Toluca today as well. So there's something now. Before they were starting Monterrey, they were excited. I haven't really haven't picked up any kind of wins. Surprised, like their big guys really haven't like showed up, and because of like the errors you were constantly making with the formation you have, which is like what the four two three one that we usually go with, that was yeah. just letting, that was just sliding goals left and right for us. I'm um, just like. This, if we continue with this formation, we're going to concede a goal every single match, no doubt about it. I would not even be confident to the point where I could say, get a 3-0 win. I'll have to start saying 3-1 or something, or 2-1. 1-1. So, 5-2-2. Yo knows this um, formation. He used it before with his championship side. Does that mean we're going to necessarily win the league? Who knows? Only time will tell. But if he is confident with knowing the formation, he will use it. He's not going to use some kind of formation that he Has never experienced with like example, I don't know, maybe 4 3 3 or just something where it's just like, why? Why are we putting like the players into this kind of position? So we can then say that about the, the five, three, um, 5 3 2 we're limiting some of like the explosive players we have on our bench and they really cannot get the start because of this formation. But it's just what Bill saying like, I'm gonna use these players because I feel these are will be the best as we can use in to fit into this formation. Yes, I know we have like. Amazing, like bench players who sh- who are of uh starting caliber.
3: Our bench but is better then- than our starters, <laughs>
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I was looking right? at it, you know, I was like, Chai, wow, can anyone agree with me that our bench was better than our starters? I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say some well, of the players, I'll on paper, it- yes, on paper, yes, on um, form wise, uh. That's, well, uh, I okay, it. yeah.
2: I give yeah. it to you though, but it's like some of the bench. I was like, "Wow, that's actually yeah, like, a nice nice <laughs> like a nice bench. It's a nice bench that we got. Wow, we're stacked."
3: But it's a nice. But how how nice is it if when it's time for them to come into the game, only twenty percent of them can actually fit in this formation, and the others just kind of have to adapt and wing it?
1: That's that's the thing with formations, like. Yes,
2: five three two is really defensive. I said it before, I don't care we win a game. Every single game, with just one or two goals scored. I will take that. A win's a win. If it can get us to go into the Ligia and then win the championship, I'm happy with well, that. right yes, now, it's,
3: we're, we're tied at first. Not tied at first or we're second? I think we're, uh, oh, we're, oh, we're at second no, we're, currently. Yeah, because sec- yeah, Grosso right hasn't right played now. yet. Well, no, we'll tie with first, but Grosso hasn't played yet. Mm-hmm. But okay. it's,
2: the, it's the thing where I'm just kind of like... It's really defensive-oriented. We're going to play boring football, but against guess like the W. I mean, can you really complain? I understand it's a team like America, where it's like, yeah, really big team. They're going to be explosive. We're going to score goals left and right. But we need to resort to a formation like that simply because we cannot afford to concede that many goals in the span of two matches. Remember when we... Had, I, it's not to the format, but remember we had Hugo González starting with Moises Munoz left? He was conceding goals left and right, but eventually he got himself accustomed he managed to become a good goalie for this um team. So now in this case with so the 5-3-2, yeah, it's two games so far. But like you said, we have the upcoming game. We got Puebla, we got Toluca, then we got um then we got the upcoming three classicals. Those are gonna be the games to see. Is this the formation we're gonna completely stick with for the rest of the season? Which I would hope so, because if we need to make another formation change. That's why I'm going to, like, truly start worrying the most.
3: Okay, so now let me ask you this. God forbid, because I, you know, there, there's a few things I hate in life, and this is definitely one of them. Taxes is another one. Yeah, taxes too, but we're not getting into taxes because I'm, I'm drained out anyway. Yeah. Knocking on wood, knocking on wood. And I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. But if we happen to lose to Chivas, what do you say after that then?
1: I think then that's when you start really, really... Pushing Piojo's arm if you're the board. It's, ha- it's hard because... Okay, no. Go, go, AJ because uh, I'll follow up after you. It's hard
2: because it's like, yes, there are biggest rivals within upcoming We didn't also have Kursu and Pumas. Do we not want to consider those guys as well where it's like, that's nothing. We can still use their formation. I know it's Jeeves. That's our biggest rival right there. It's the thing I want to consider, like, by then it'll be, what, five games in using into this formation. They beat us bad before in the Copa GMP Puerto So that was really rough. So it's the case like it's our second time. Now we're going to use a different formation and see how this will go with. But I feel like in this case, if we do lose into a second time, God forbid we concede like three, four, hell, five goals. And with this like formation with five defenders, that's what I'll truly lose. It. I'm just like.
1: I think at that point, you would just have to throw away the players.
2: It's got to be the case. Like, I know, like I mentioned before in the last podcast, like with this defenders, I feel they're more offensive in a way than like defensive, despite them being like defenders. Because we see how Emma can be sometimes. He will go out of his box to try to participate in whatever's going on. Casas can get really aggressive at times with his um, tackles, but he doesn't get the um, fouls. Ramon Juarez, when we see him like this um, playing, we have seen he's able to tackle and slide kind of in a way to me, like Sebastian um, Cáceres. So it's the thing where it's just kind of like they're going to have to start realizing we're playing find the back. You need to be defensive because if you go get way too aggressive or go too far out, you're going to see there's going to be like a forward or a winger, whoever's going to be up front for the opposition. Just go up and it's all one on one on Ochoa and hoping Ochoa oh, can save it. If we concede it, it's like we're blaming the defense. You can't blame Ochoa on that part when he has no help from his defense. So in the case he can get mad or he's just going to be lost or worse because he's looking at defense like, what are you doing? So it's and just...
3: We, let me raise another question. Uh, this is, I guess, to both of you guys. And this is a back five. Who is the weakest link
1: in this back five? Uh, right now, it's... It's, it's difficult because you can make an argument for all of them. Maybe not so much for Cáceres. Because I think he's maybe been a little bit more stable. But obviously we know Aguilera is one string away from being completely unreliable. Juarez, I think he's showcasing some good stuff. But again, I think it's that raw factor. Yes. yeah. He, he put very, very hot take last episode that he was the next Paolo Maldini. Of course. Um, that, and you still have that raw factor with him. The fact that, you know, he's still extremely young. He, you know, it's barely what, third game in Liga MX. So, I, you know, I feel like some people are definitely going to target him. Which I think, which is why I think you saw Ochoa really trying to, not, I wouldn't say cheer him up, but he was really trying to get him riled up, you know, kind of get his, you know, pump him up in a sense. And whenever whenever he did a good job, he, you know, all, always go to him or, or, or like clap him and tell him good stuff. I think he's, he, he understands it. he's been there in that position before. He knows what it's like to be a young player in, in this team. So I think he knows and, and he's trying to you know get him riled up in that sense. So I, right now, I, I think the, the, that weakest link is in the air between Aguilera and uh, Ramon Juarez. Ramon. I'm, I'm leaning a little bit towards more Aguilera, which I think is a huge, huge problem because, like I mentioned, he, he is kind of the leader of that back line. I mean, AJ.
2: Um, uh, to be honest, like as much as like I do like Ramon Juarez, like I feel like he could be a wink link, but then to like um argue against that, he's just starting. Like we really don't have like we don't have Herrera Ortega because you know we loaned him out to, to to Luca, so there's that. He's gone. We're we not really a gonna c- minute right. I'm pretty sure if he still hasn't played a mini yet, I would say if you, you want to like pay that money to recall him back so he can you can have him like um up if you don't really want Ramon Juarez. Hell, even Emmanuel Aguilera if you want him to start. Who knows? But um uh and then there's what and then there's Emmanuel Aguilera. The thing is like we I've known him mostly now for his goal scoring abilities as a defender surprise, like with his like free kicks and penalties, he can do that. But it's defense is where like the problem really lies in the most. I remember people were just giving up with them completely. Um, last season, we were playing against Cruz Azul. Um, uh, he was the last one to take the um, penalty. He essentially pretty much could have tied the game right up. It got saved by Jesus Corona, and then everyone's like, "Out with Emma. We don't want him more." It's like it's like that's the last thing he had left that was good about, which was like his penalty um, kicks. And after he can see it, like lost that. It's like that is it. His defense really problems. Um. Goal scoring is yes, it's still good, but like there's like times where it's like we kind of don't even want to give him the free kick. It's like just give it to Richard Sanchez or to someone else instead, and then just him just being at times really um really offensive, in the case where he just really doesn't want to play defense. It's just like you can't do that. You're the leader of this entire defense. If you're the one that's constantly all con- uh, at fault for conceding our goals, everyone's gonna be like, So who are we gonna look um to next? We're gonna look at Hor are we gonna look at Jorge, we're gonna look at Escobosa, Ramon Juarez, Cáceres? It's like I don't know. I wanna say like for me, it's really Emmanuel Aguilera at this point. He like he needs to step up to the plate. Knowing that his uh, that Bruno Valdez, um, his teammate, is not there anymore, who was the leader of that entire defense, he's like, "It's my time to step up." I played with him a lot, so I know what he would expect me. Well, especially I know what to expect of him, so he should just use what Bruno Valdez does and actually add it into his game. I'm
1: surprised someone said
3: Escobosa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, because I think at this point you're 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 saying. They're they're part of the defense, but they're not really part of the defense. If I if if that makes sense. So Torres not,
3: oh, not part of the defense.
1: When I'm looking at a five three two formation, and I'm looking at who our weakest link is, it's that it's that trio, and I'm I'm focusing my attention on them because if one of them goes, the whole thing falls apart, right? Whole thing falls apart because this is also what the great thing about this five three two formation is: if one of your wing backs get gets caught off, then you have one of your center backs that can push in into that left-back position. Not necessarily saying they're going to play left-back, but they can push into that position, cover that space. That other center-back in the midfield pushes on into that space that is left, and now you have a little bit more divided space in between. So that's why when you mentioned to me who the weakest link in the defense is, for me, it, it focuses on in and around those three center-back uh, partnerships.
3: Now, someone explain that San Besso ago, please. <laughs>
1: You, you got look at you gotta, you gotta look at that poor marking from uh Chucho Lopez, poor marking from there and then uh defense gets caught ball watching literally all, all three seven I, I think who's was it Casares who tries to put a foot on it? I think it was Casares, yeah it was uh-huh but I mean by that time too, he was just caught, caught ball watching at, at the same time, you know, but he at least he instinctively s- tries to put a foot out unlike Juárez and Aguilera. We just again get caught ball watching another ball. ball just ran through. Simple as that. But you know, you're gonna concede goals. It's it, that's the thing, especially when you're transitioning you're back five you know?
3: against. Masatlan. Oh, it, it's it, gonna
1: happen. It's gonna happen.
3: You're gonna it's concede goals ha- any formation. Against Masatlan. any formation, any other formation. Like I, 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 I'll give it to you. But when you're essentially playing six defenders
1: against Masatlan. Come on. Come on. That's what we said. This game was important. And we're not, <laughs> look, I think what you're taking away from this question is that and I think we spent more than enough time talking about this 532 formation. mission. No, nah, I can go all night. I know you can, but that's not <laughs> what the show's about. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think I think you're misinterpreting what me, Brian and Angie are saying. We're not saying that all our problems are fixed. Like we're done. Like America found the gold, the, 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 the Holy Grail. We're good. Doesn't matter. I, I, I don't think that's what we're trying to argue here. I think what we're trying to argue is like, yes, we like this formation. We we see these players playing a good game in this formation, but we're not saying it's going to happen overnight. We're not saying this fixes it, like, just from it's not a day to night situation with this. We know that there's going to be a transitional phase. We understand that we're going to have poor games like we just did against San Luis and Mazatlan. but we understand that. For this to work, we need to see improvements. And I don't think me or AJ or even Brian, who's not even on the podcast, and I'm pretty sure he agrees with me in this, but we're not sitting here and saying, we're not holding it up to a pedestal and saying, this is the end all of it. Yeah, we're We're sitting here and we're saying, we like it. We like where this is going. We like where this is heading. So let's just keep going on it. It's, it's keep. It wasn't perfect by no means necessary. It wasn't perfect. I'm not going to sit here and say I like the game. AJ's not going to sit there and say he liked the game. I'm pretty sure Brian's not going to sit there and say he liked the way America was playing. But it was a step in the right direction for us is the way I'm seeing it. I don't know, AJ. Do you agree?
2: I mean, hey, two wins with this new formation so far. I mean, yes, it's against um, sides you know have not really been doing that great in the league so far. But it's showing signs of promise. Yeah, we conceded two goals with five in the back, which, I mean, still mind-boggling. We're having five defenders, six, whatever, and we still, like, concede a goal, even though I'm like, yes. With any formation, it is bound to happen. It depends, like, where the players are being positioned at. But if you're expecting, you know, to play a formation where it's be playing defensive or, like, park the bus, for example, like you see with Chelsea, you expect to not concede a goal. But when that happens, it's just, like,
1: like it's a it I think at this point You don't And I know we, we brought up that comment From Chicken Little saying there were like six players In just some vessel and I know you shake your head Acknowledging that Christian I saw you Don't think you're sly I saw it No no, um, no, no. I, 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 I hope you saw it <laughs> But at that point you don't At that point you don't blame the formation You have to blame the players Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and it's the same thing I'm going to, and I'm alluding to, is that we know that this isn't perfect, and we know that the players have to be held accountable for this as well, but you can't put everything on the formation. You have to look at some of true. these players and say, true, you have to step up to the plate as well. True. You have to true. go out and play your game.
3: True. Now, let me ask you guys this, both of you, and I answer this honestly. From the San Luis game to the Masatlan game, did you guys see any improvement? Or did you guys... A little, a little bit on the or, defense. A little or, bit on the defense, yes. Or a can you, you guys argue defense. that we played a better game in San Luis than we did at the Azteca? So I could definitely argue that. Nah, yeah, you can,
1: uh-uh. You can argue that. it, it can't can because,
2: like, because, like, as soon as you can see five minutes with that San Luis goal, I'm more like, oh, here we go again. I'm like, new thing, and it's like, oh, we just conceded. That's, that's great. Like but we it, just, that's
1: the thing I'm going back to again at that point you don't you can't blame that formation you have to blame the mark and you have to blame the players <laughs> was Vinas, which was Vinyas actually and that's yeah. a
3: couple that's that's a couple of games now where I think I've seen Vinyas miss his mark which in then turn leads to a goal from the opposition
1: Yeah but he look, the kid's young and he's a center attacking mid I mean uh forward forward he's not he, he he didn't grow up playing a defensive line knowing how to play a high line and then freaking heading the ball out like you got to give him some credit for actually at least stepping up into that right he has to do better if he is going to be there but um, look we've spent enough time on this and we're definitely <laughs> going to keep spending more time on it throughout the season as it progresses. because I'm sure Christian's is going to continue to tweet about it and Brian's going to continue to tweet you uh, <laughs> it's going to be a fun uh, a fun turnaround so make sure you guys follow him on Twitter I
3: hope everyone proves me wrong I really do I think, uh, I think a lot of people are kind of saying that like uh, i actually got a dm i I should show both of you a a little bit later but i actually got a dm saying why are you praying for america to lose listen guys i i'm probably the biggest america fan you'll ever meet in this in this state it's just when i when i see and i know that there's a problem within my team i am going to express my feelings about that problem and I, i know i've gotten a lot of flack in the previous seasons when I I had said hot takes but and then said hot takes actually turned into reality. So I'm not saying this is gonna turn into reality because I hope everyone proves me wrong and I hope we better you know, not you know you know what who's to say that this five three two rises into a, the, the the championship you know I, I hope so that's fine. But for right I really now, hope
1: so because I would love to clip this audio.
3: Oh yeah Please. no yeah do it. Yeah do it yes do it. I don't <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't care. It's just from game one San Luis game two Mazatan in my opinion there was no improvement. I think there was a little bit, uh, a little bit going downwards. And then, you know, you, you just, you know, and from my eye, you just don't have the players for this. Now, like I said, again, I hope everyone proves me wrong. That's fine. It's just for right now and for right now in this moment, it's not convincing. But like Ivan said, though, I think we spend enough time. Uh, we'll see against Puebla. We'll see against DeLuca. We'll see against Chivas. And then we'll see what happens.
1: Well, this is definitely going to be a reoccurring theme, and we'll try to not keep it as long uh, of a segment, but uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed a little back and forth there. Again, it's going to continue throughout the scene as, as long as Piojo continues to play this formation. We'll have to wait and see. Like Christian mentioned, hopefully Piojo knows what he's doing in this situation, and hopefully he knows his players well enough to know that they are capable of playing this formation out. All right, gentlemen, we've talked enough about this. Let's uh, Let's just kind of move on into our next segment because I think we're pretty much wrapped up the whole Masatlan, or at least took all of the time of that Masatlan recap there of course America gets those three points again like we just mentioned puts, up, puts us up in that top three position I think like we mentioned second place right now for the meantime being but America's still in a very good fighting spot for those top three spots and hopefully they can continue to do so alright gentlemen let's move on into the next segment and AJ let's talk more about Lady Aguilas let's talk about and let's recap what happened against um against the i was like which, what game are we recapping here so many games we've played throughout this week Ooh. um let's talk to it, it was it feels like the ladies are, are, are the only ones that really listen to the podcast sometimes because we've asked for well, i asked for them to come out and completely blow the competition out of the water they did so and you asked for a formation change to then enable us to blow the team out of the water. And they did so. They went back to the 4-4-2. So let's talk about that great win that America just had today against Necaxa. So how did you see our ladies after that 6-1 performance?
2: That match was amazing. I cannot stress to you how, how happy I was when I saw 4-4-2 on my screen. I'm like, I think Leo Guard just listened to me. He realized that this team needs to start scoring goals with the, with the caliber of players that we have on this team. I'm seeing players that they're actually playing in the business they're supposed to be playing. And I'm just really happy to just see that. Immediately, in the span of just six minutes, we happened to score three quick goals. Cassandra Cueva scored a goal in the 20th... in 20 seconds, pretty much, which is the third-fastest goal scored in the history of the Liga MX on Femini. And I think she also scored the fastest goal in Omega Feminine's history, which was surpassed against... Um, Moralia Fem- uh, which the, she did against Morelia Feminine. Then we see Janae Gonzalez's very first goal in a Club America jersey, which made me so happy for her. Receiving that pass from Montserrat Hernandez, really great stuff. And then the um, pass from Monica Rodriguez to Montserrat Hernandez to then make it 3 0 in six minutes was just amazing. Then as the game just went out, it seemed like they were just scoring goals for fun. Everyone was getting a touch of the ball. Everyone was, getting a shot on t- everyone was getting a shot on target. Like, 37th minute, we got a penalty call. Daniela Espinosa nets it in to score her 49th goal with Club America, which now she ties it with Lucero Cuevas with being the all-time leading goal scorer in America Feminine. In the 42nd minute, we also saw a goal by Cassandra Cuevas in which she received from a corner kick from Montserrat Hernandez. And then in the second half, in the 52nd minute, um, Casandra Scor- Cueva scores her third goal in which she netted her hat-trick into this game. Though in the 66th minute, there was a defensive error with Celine Valera in which it seemed like she let um, este- um Estefani Hernandez go right past her along J.D. Um, Gutiérrez and then score the goal. But all in all, a 6-1 victory and it was a really great victory for America Feminine.
1: Ultimately, I think it has to be said that these ladies came out and completely dominated a game that was given to them in a sense. I don't think that Gaxa really came out with much. Um, and I think some of the commentators even mentioned it too. I think the most important thing about this game for America was actually being capable of winning the way that they did, because when an opposition gives you these chances, you, you can't take them from granted. And I think the ladies did very well. This game could have been completely different as well as not, Let's not kid ourselves. You know, this game could have easily been seven, eight, nine goals. I think the ladies just weren't as refined. Or even after that three-nil margin, you know, they got a bit complacent. You know, those periods of time where I just, you know, they got comfortable, relaxed, which I, that's uh, that's understandable, right? You're winning three goals, and you're on the pitch. You're just like you're just having you're just having a good time moving the ball around. Um, you know, it's not to say that this game was perfect. It's near to perfect. I don't like the way that we conceded. I think the defense, again, AJ, switches off, makes a mistake, costs us a goal. And I think that's the thing that I'm trying to look at next. So our beloved Cowboy has finally joined us. Uh, looks like you're out of traffic. Great to see that you've made it. Tell me a little bit just about your, uh, your initial thoughts uh, after seeing that scoreline margin of America Family winning 6-1. to one.
0: Um. After seeing that original score, that score line, um, I just thought, "What the hell did I miss?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I do hate to admit, I was working on a big project I've been working on for work, so I didn't really get get a chance to listen to much of the game nor watch it. So, um, I realized I missed a lot, you know, and uh, just kind of uh, uh hearing AJ a little bit, I was trying to get on, you know, talk about this game, you know, um, you know, it it sounds like it was good, you know, you saw a lot of good things, um, you know, so I just hope that momentum. Uh, is, is built up, you know, and we still build towards it as we head into the next game.
1: Yeah, no, credit to AJ here, because I think he alluded to this formation change actually paying dividends in the way that it did. And I think Coyar might have seen it as well. Now, don't be too surprised if we still go back to a four three three. I think we're more than capable of winning games like that. But I think against oppositions where Coyar knows that there's going to be more of an opportunity to have an attacking threat, we might just go back to that 4 formation, but you know, again I don't want to sit here and allude to the game that was perfect, because the, while the scoreline may suggest that it is I think there's still some, plenty of things to work on, AJ
2: Um. Yeah, no, I honestly agree, but like it's a really weak Ngoxa side in which they have yet to get a win and they have yet to even score a goal throughout this they, um, entire season Yeah, which, season. which
1: that's what frustrates me is they had not scored a goal at all, but then they walk in and because of, you know, the defense switching off, they score a goal. They And this, the same thing happened against Tijuana. And it, I'm really, I'm really, really picking at tooth and nails here because, yes, it's a great scoreline, but I, I just feel like those moments in which the defense switches off, that that for me is what concerns me the most.
2: It's really frustrating because I'm pretty sure that like JD thing did get upset because it's like one of those things it's like, how do we just concede a goal like that? Yeah, it was like it was a defensive error, but at the same time, it just really just gets you upset because like how are we letting teams that have yet to score a goal in the Liga MX feminine and they just then just score on a make, especially with the, the defenders that we do have? I honestly feel like we shouldn't concede more than like a goal, and if anything, maybe this is me just being really cocky. We shouldn't really be conceding any kind of goal, um, goals at all. Like, you have someone like Jocelyn Salim Valera who, who could just swipe the ball away from him at any point, especially given like with their height, like, like Jocelyn. I'm pretty sure there is like defenders and forwards like just having to look up at her during a corner, and then you have your left backs like Jimena, like Jimena Rios, and you have your right backs like Monica Rodriguez who are just constantly going up assisting on um, their teammates just passing it back and forth to, um to their team it's just i feel like they really need to just like well not really just like make some minor improvements into the defense just because it's like i really don't want to see and like, can see like silly goals like that like against shuttles feminine we can see like in the 93rd minute just when we thought everything is good but that's the problem you can't get so comfortable while you're just leading like there's a, it took us then at least like well another 31 minutes until we get our fourth goal not to say I'm I'm upset by it, but it's one of those things like if we could continue that goal scoring rhythm going, keep going. Just don't stop, don't stop. Just because we're winning threes, it doesn't mean the game is over. We've seen we've seen games in the past where the opposition happens to just flip the game around completely, or our teams decides to just relax too much, and then the other team just all of a sudden gets like a couple goals back, or they're just gaining way more shots than they're supposed to, and then it just makes the defense and the goalie um uh, worried.
1: Yeah, I think if you look back at every goal that America family has conceded this season, they have been defensive mistakes, and they're not defensive mistakes that you want to see. You know, then they're defensive defensive mistakes that shouldn't have even happened. Again, these are moments in which I think the defense is a little bit too relaxed. They make mistakes, and it's going to cost them. You know, they're switched off at the moment, and I don't think you can give yourself that luxury. Like I've mentioned, I've wanted a clean sheet just the same way that I, I... I was upholding the men's to get keep a clean sheet against Mazatlan. The same way I was holding the ladies to hold a clean sheet against Necaxa. Because, again, no disrespect to Necaxa. But, what, the worst team in uh, Liga Mekis Feminine coming into this game, not winning anything, having no real rhythm, no real form, no goal c- scored at all. And then for them to come in and score the type of goal that they scored, it just... It, it, it baffles me as to why the, there's these kind of lapses in concentration in the back line this season. Maybe it's because of the scoreline. Maybe because they feel too comfortable. Maybe because, like we mentioned, you know, something, something in them is just making them too relaxed. But... They have to be switched on the full 90 minutes. Christian, what's your take on uh, the ladies? And so far, their recent form, that's four wins out of four, putting them in 12 points. And after that great goal, uh, uh, that great match against Nakaxa, where they end up getting all those goals. Looks like they're finally on route to that Lady Aguila team that we were looking at.
3: Of course, they're definitely better than watching the men. I'll (laughs)
1: I'll tell you that much.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you that yes. much. Um, I think I said it in, in our group chat, no, that uh, it was like five minutes in, we we're already up three nothing. It, I, I was I was thoroughly impressed. Uh, and, and not just because of the scoreline, just because I think that uh, just like you guys have been alluding, all, uh, I mean, saying all season, um, you know, I think this America team slowly and slowly, surely with with every game passing, they're starting to find their rhythm, they're starting to find their group, they're starting to find their play style. Which I think can can really help them when, when it when it comes time to to play these uh these, these tougher opponents, you know. Um, for right now, it's a great start to the season. Um, we just gotta keep improving on it and just hope that these lapses of concentration don't happen as often because there's not just a problem for this season. This has been a problem for previous seasons as well. And in those in those previous seasons, those cost us, you know, chances to go to the next run or even a chance, you know, at, at a at the championship. So. Uh, I think I think that's that's always been something in in Cuellar's, you know, I guess uh, like faulty list that he needs to fix. Um, you know, it, it's happened with, with, with numerous squads, and hopefully, as 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 time goes on, he kind of adjusts and, and, and gets these players to focus for the full ninety. Because, like you guys said, you know, no disrespect to to, to the to the females over in Ecaxa, Um but you know, this is something that, that shouldn't be happening. Uh, like like you said, having a goal a goal scored in that manner should not be happening against us. Um, you know, so definitely something to work on in that aspect. But I guess overall, you know, it's still still an A minus in my book and just just to keep improving.
1: Yeah. an A minus. I think that's a really good uh way of qualifying this match. So I mean, look, again, we're being very nitpicky, you know, at this point. But I think it's the fact that you're playing for America, the institution, you know that even a win is gonna come with criticism, right? So I think at the fact that the ladies end up winning the game in the margins that they do I think you know hats off congratulations and let's continue the run of form. Now of course a lot of games being played in between this week but the ladies do have quite the gap in between the next match which is not going to be an easy one. They're going up against Leon and uh our and our uh our goal our top leading goal scorer which is uh Dani is going up against uh the person who once Held the title of most goals scored in an América jersey. So, uh AJ, looking forward to that game, aren't you?
2: That's gonna be. It's gonna be really aside, exciting, actually, just to see like two of the best goal scorers in the Liga MX Feminine playing against one another. What's be- what makes it also really better? It's Lucero is play against her former team. That's pretty much the same where she made her name into this league. So, it's just gonna be really exciting just to see these two battle off against each other especially with those two they play together so like they already have an idea to how each other gonna play
1: yeah no so i mean uh shout out to danny for uh you know getting to that historic nice. landmark and i think um i i think we all can agree here that she's gonna break that record um and it's gonna be wonderful right going to have our number 10 go in uh, in 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 the history books as the all-time leading goal scorer for America Feminine so shout out to Danny um also shout out to Janae. she had herself her first uh career goal as a professional uh the only reason why I think I'm bringing uh her name up specifically is because I think she's had quite the uh the week actually quite a couple of last two weeks right first mm-hmm. having to deal with this whole kind of uh you know having to deal with that cultural aspect of you know her being not accepted in mexico as a true mexican and having to deal with that kind of adversity which we talked upon aj last week on the podcast and and then of course uh you know what she's done for her community uh, in regards to you know the kids and 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 for the return to school and everything that her and her family have done completely completely just amazing things and then of course she comes in gets to her first start this season and then walks away with uh with a goal and I think she had a pretty good performance out there on the pitch as well so shout out to Janae uh you know did a did a wonderful amazing thing and hopefully she can continue the good run of form and Dylan anything else to add on in these ladies
0: no no I think uh you and AJ hit it spot on I mean I I can't really say much more after um my failure to watch the game due to due to work and my project <laughs> I was working on. But um no, like you said, um some nitpicky stuff, obviously. Um, you know, but I think overall you look at it as a as a great win, regardless. Um, you know, just looking to keep the momentum going against Leon.
1: Definitely. Well, we'll have you guys all up to date and covered for that Leon match next week. So make sure you make sure you guys tune in to our Lady Aguilas talk episode of the Equal Eye Podcast. Again, that's gonna be next week on thursday i believe we'll definitely get that out for you guys and uh, aj when is the next game for the ladies i know we mentioned it's 11 days away but what day specifically is it
2: um it's gonna be played on september 14th and it's gonna be uh 6 p.m eastern time
1: here 6 p.m eastern time 3 p.m pacific time 5 p.m central and that game if i'm not mistaken is a road game correct
2: yes that is a road
0: game
1: all right well the ladies are yep looks like the ladies are off to guanajuato so Wish them the best of luck uh, whenever they do have to travel over there. All right, gentlemen, let's move on into our final segment, which is America versus Puebla or Puebla versus America as the boys will be traveling over to Estadio Cuauhtempo. But beforehand, Christian, any real updates in regards to the transfer window or anything, just anything quick?
3: Um, well, you know, transfer window closes in two days on September 5th. Um, just real quick, Pio Herrera did say in, press conference, in numerous press conferences and interviews that they're not closed uh, to, the, to the opportunity of bringing someone in. Whether someone comes in or not, it seems highly unrealistic right now due to there's really no rumors right now and no one really being targeted right now uh, of, high, of, high, um, of high, high on the list. So I uh, don't, don't really expect anyone else to be coming in. So I think we have our squad for the, for the remainder of the season.
1: All righty. Well, don't discredit a last-minute signing, so I'm oh, just definitely here. here. Definitely First not, hand, but... Jaden Sancho to America. How do you feel about <laughs> that, Dylan?
0: <laughs> uh, can we afford his wages is my question.
1: <laughs>
3: no, we can't, we can't even put because we don't have uh, room for him in the formation, so I'd oh, rather him work talent. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, we're just wasting we talent here. Uh, well, Jaden Sancho, I think he would. I, if I was Jaden Sancho and I was offered a contract from America and I knew that I was going to be eating torta de and bambasos for the remainder of my season, I think I would definitely lower my wages just by that. Ooh, that but moves. hey, that's just me. That's just me. Hopefully, Jaden, you're watching this. Um, which would be crazy if you are. But uh, either way, let's move on. America versus Puebla. How are we coming into this game? Christian, I know we, we we talked about it extensively, but I know you're a bit shaky coming into this game. Rightfully so, because, we, again, America hasn't showcased the best face coming into this matchup. But how do you think the Americanismo is all around coming into this game? Because Puebla is no easy team by uh, by any means. You saw what they did last week against uh, Toluca. Uh, it just, I don't know. How are you coming into this one?
3: Well, for this season, this in this season, uh, Puebla has been a very interesting team, and uh, I, I've had a privilege of actually watching a couple of their games um, with a good friend of mine. Um, you know, Puebla is very interesting. They they're very scrappy. They they they, they fight till the end, um, and you know you can't lose concentration against this team because they, they are somewhat organized up, up front. Um, and you, you guys clearly saw what they did to Toluca the, um, in the, the past the past week. And um, it, it was that was definitely something that, that should be an eye-opener to the whole league because the squella team is not uh, should be taken lightly with. Now having said that, uh, what I need from America this game is to kinda of have some sort of control in this game. Um, I I don't know how they're gonna do it, but somehow try to get that myth to, to control the game. Uh, you know, try to try to get a little bit more creativity because there w- there wasn't really any creativity in that Mazatlan game. Um if if it has to rely on, on Cordoba to be the to be the man to do it, then let it be on him. Um, I think I did to see a little bit more involvement on the offensive side from Escobosa and Jorge Sanchez, even though that's a little bit difficult because, you know, when getting caught in transition, like you've mentioned, you know, that's one of your cons with this formation. It can get a little bit scary if players don't track back. And with this Puebla team, though, it can get scary in transition. So definitely something to keep an eye out uh, on that. But like, but just in all, I guess in general, I just want to see improvement from this America team. I guess like you guys, you know, into your guys' word, just... Try to see the players get a little bit more cemented into this into this formation, you know, just improving uh, little by little. You know, this is definitely going to be a better team than what they have they from what they have had to play in the past two games. So, um, this 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 shouldn't be taken lightly, and you know, this should be a good game.
1: Definitely, I mean, it's a road game, Dylan, and we've known that America has struggled on the road this season. I mean, granted, we've gotten a win at pachuca and we've gotten a win at atletico San Luis. those are two very close locations to mexico city puebla is no exception puebla is literally i would say another hour or so away from mexico city just like kind of pachuca and um and atletico Luis. do you think this is a more favorable away match because of that because we've seen those long travels and they haven't done wonders for america
0: Yeah, I think I think so. A little a little bit. You know, the players won't feel the travel uh, awareness so much. You know, you won't see that fatigue a little bit more. Um, You know, this like Christian said, this is a game where you got to stay sharp. So, you know, you can't really let the shovel get to you. Um, You got to stay on your mental, you know, your A game 100 percent of the time. Because, I mean, you go back like you're talking about that popular game against Toluca. I mean, yeah, Toluca scored first, but then 11 minutes later, Puebla get the equalizer and then they pretty much score consistently throughout the match up until the up until uh, the final whistle. And so uh, you just can't be tired this game. You got to realize that you can't necessarily sleep on this Puebla team. And so that's just how I feel going into this game.
1: I think your your call for concern is actually one that we should take into consideration, knowing how this America side tends to switch off from time to time as well. So you mentioned it and Christian mentioned it. So, yeah, of course, America's sharpness needs to be uh, just at the level or even more so than the Pueblo players because we let's know, like remember. Christian
3: mentioned. Oh, sorry, Ivan. I thought you were about to be finished. I was going to say, uh, let's not forget that Puebla had a had a very good match against Pumas and they also drew against Cruz Azul as well.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, they're no stranger to playing against, you know, these bigger rivals. And I think they're looking forward to this America game so they can, you know, again, prove themselves in, in such a big stage. So should be an interesting one. So Christian, give me the starting formation or at least what you would assume Piojo is going to come out with on uh, on Tuesday next week.
3: Just rinse and repeat. I think that's classic Piojo. When something, I guess, works for him in his mind, um, you know, he'll he's going to he's going to repeat it. So we'll just go over it again. Uh, Guillermo that you have your back five of Escobosa, Cáceres, Aguilera, Juárez, and uh, Jorge Sánchez. In the midfield, you have Sebastián Córdoba, also González and Sánchez. And up top, you have Henry Martin and Federico Viñas.
1: Interesting. I mean, sure, I mean, if the lineup repeats, I don't think it's the worst case scenario. I just, I would like to see Santi slip uh, into also spot and, um, I would like to see Fuentes play instead of Escobosa. I don't know what it, do you guys think about it can that. It could
3: be a possibility. I mean, Fuentes is, is, I think, is, um, this pen. I think penciled in for for this match at least as start as a as on the bench. Um, I, I think it's kind of the same thing with, with, with well, not really the same thing because, you know, Fuentes is over to New Mexico. But I guess it's kind of more of a dive into the team and the play style and how they're going to approach these next couple of games. I think it's the, I guess the, the kind of question for Piojo is is Fuentes, you know, should we just put Fuentes in right away or should we kind of put him in, you know, on the bench and then ease him into like in like around the 50, 60-minute mark. So definitely a good question you posed because I think Fuentes could add a little bit of more of a, Offensive flair to América something that Escobarza hasn't been really able uh, to provide. Um, so it would be interesting, but for right now, I just don't think that's likely. I don't know what the rest think.
1: Anyone else want to chip in on that?
2: When Luis went to start, i um, Luis went so this game, the possible start
1: in this one. Yeah, over I, mean,
2: I could see that he's played left back. He's he's spent a season with América, knowing how it's like. Yeah, well, he'll be playing in a different formation, but it's, it's the same exact position he's going to be playing as a left back. So I could see him. Pl- I could see him playing that if they decide for some reason just to give like Escobosa like a rest, or they could just put him up in the midfield because he's capable of playing as a mid- as a midfielder too. If you wanted to, just like maybe on the, the left hand side of the center um, mid position. But who knows. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't mind um, having Luis Fuentes, but I did like him playing him um, during his time in America. And now that he's with us, I'd like to see him um, debut at that left-back position again.
1: Left wing back. We'll see if uh, Fuentes ends up getting the start or not. But either way, we'll kind of go with what Christian is saying formation-wise. Now, Dylan, someone who I think is going to be in the hot seat. I'm not saying that he's in danger or anything, but I think someone that's going to have a lot of eyes on him is definitely going to be Henry Martín. We've just touched upon about, you know, Federico Vinas and, you know, him playing and all that stuff. Let's let's talk a little bit about Henry and his run of form, which continues to be the same as we've seen from him in the past recently, is that he's scoring, he's consistent, he's, you know, bagging in goals for America, he's being an attacking threat. What's your thought on Henry? Because I know you're quite fond of him.
0: I think he's just doing more than just bagging goals for this team. I think he's uh, pretty much stepping up. Um, up top for this team too, maybe in terms of you know, uh, you know, winning the ball. You, you see Henry flexing every time he scores a goal, and I think that kind of means something to him whenever in terms of winning a, a ball back, um, maybe from the midfield, uh, you know, and then giving a pass and then you know making his runs, you know, try to get open in some space. Uh, I think he's just doing a little bit more than just scoring goals for uh, for myself. Uh, me watching him, uh, obviously a little, he's giving a little bit more than Vina. So um, you know, I'm really liking what I'm seeing so far, and I hope really to, to see that continue going into. This match.
1: You, you look at Henry and you just think something's changed from the Henry that first arrived at America and grantedly so, right? I mean, you spend enough time at a club and at a position, you're obviously going to improve if if your heart and determination is there. And I think that just showcases Henry's mentality coming into this. And I think, you know, he was on Tuesday today and he was talking in regards to preparing for a matchup And he said that he asks for videos of the rivals, defense and goalkeepers as because he wants to study them. Right. He even goes to mention that sometimes his wife gets mad at him that the night before he's up all night, you know, watching and preparing himself, watching these videos and all that stuff. What what kind of levels does that speak to you in regards to Henry and, and how he's coming and preparing himself, you know, week in and week out for these matches?
0: No I, 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 to me personally I think it says a lot i mean um it, it's more it's more than just you know um being on the field if you know what your what your rival is going to look like you know you're going to study what players do and you find those little things that they do it's going to stick out to you eventually um and that goes for just watching the film in general. I mean, if, if you're going to see how this back line plays, if you're going to see how this goalkeeper, you know, positions himself whenever you put yourself in those situations that you see um, see them get in, then you're going to know what to do at the end of the day. And, you know, Henry, you know, you see the physical aspects of Henry. You know, he's a strong guy. You know, uh, he can win the ball back. But, you know, just having that mental uh, game, you know, it steps up his his level of play a whole lot if you're going to know what this back line is going to do uh, whenever you're going to play them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to hear what Christian or AJ have to say in regards to Henry Martin.
0: Um, I'll go first, I guess. I guess the entire thing, like, really
2: with Henry, because I remember when we first signed him, so many people criticized him because he really did not score much in Tijuana. I'm looking up some stats. He's played in total 94 games for Tijuana, only scoring 14 goals as a forward. And I think it was less than some points so Like to just think, like, we're just trying to find someone that could finally bag double digits for an America, so which I know it's been ages since we actually had a forward who was able to bag double digits in the regular season. So there was a lot of criticism at first, but then later on, he started proving some of the fans wrong, and everyone's like starting to really appreciate how he's putting his 110% into every single game. He wants to completely change something from the play that he was in deep wide. It's like, I'm going to change completely because I'm not trying to have goal scoring draws or inconsistencies while I'm coming into a new team. If they're if they sign me for a team like an America and they're like we're giving you the starting spot we're expecting a lot from you Henry's definitely gonna change himself he's like time for like a complete makeover to who I am as a player and start getting myself accustomed into this new, um new team that I'm gonna be joining so it's just really nice just to see someone like Henry who's taking all this time that he has into improving his game. And to and to also just win the um uh, the, like the love of fans of wanting to be the starting striker for this team and just I'm mean, just from the love from America fans, everyone just saying that they want him to stay in this team that he he wears the jersey with pride and he just puts it on. He just I'm mean, his right to just play every single game, no matter how many minutes he is given. Whether it could be from a minute to ninety minutes, he'll be giving his 110 percent every single game.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think Henry's definitely stepped it up. Christian, what's your take on Henry? Are we finally seeing the best Henry possible? Yeah, I know we've criticized him for being inconsistent, but I just, I feel like this is a different Henry.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Oh, oh. no. Oh no. We have quite the technical... I might do him. I might okay. My bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. no, it was muted.
3: I was, I, whatever. Anyways. Ivan, you took the words right out of my mouth. That word, inconsistent. Now, we know how talented Henry is. We know what he can bring to America when he's in form. Right now, he's in form. The question is now, can he continue it for, you know, a a span of four, five, or six games? Um, Right now, he looks comfortable playing next to Vinas. Uh, I think even Vinas said that he likes playing with Henry. Um, So, I'm I'm guessing he's just feeding off, you know, their their kind of chemistry that, that they have. Um, but like, like, like we said, Ivan, you know, it's just, can Henry be consistent? Cause we have seen him getting these hot runs, scoring one goal a game, even betting, uh, uh, netting a brace here and there, but then out of nowhere, he just dies off for, for a few games. And then that's when everyone starts, Oh, what happened to Henry? Oh, get Henry off the field. Oh, he doesn't start to be starting, you know? So I think for Henry right now is to keep doing what he's doing. And just keep being consistent, whether it be with the with an assist or a goal. But you keep keep providing something that reflects on the scoreline. Because if you don't, that's when the critics are going to come out again.
0: You,
2: you know what Henry Watkins reminds you of? Maybe this could be a hot take, but that's not say he kind of reminds you of Olivier Giroud in a way. I know his time in Arsenal, he was he was a prolific goal, so just he was inconsistent at times. That's kind of like how I kind of see Henry in some kind of way. Like they have the physicality, they're able to score goals for the team, but there's just like a month or so where they just cannot get like a groove going. But then when the groove gets going, they're just starting to score goals like left and right for their teams. It's just like, like you mentioned Christian, the question is, can he continue to score? And I would really hope so because we have seen he so. hasn't like been scoring much at well. It's like it's been it's been, yeah, he hasn't really been feeling so It's the thing, it's like it's kinda like time for Henry to step up because it seemed like the case when um everyone was on the um, on the hype, which everyone still is on. But if that hype ever God forbid it, it stops at some point and he just cannot get anything going. We're gonna be looking at Henry, it's like, can you score the goals for us? And if he can't, it's just like looking at our bench, it's like, um, who's gonna do it for us? At this point, it's like you don't really want to like go to like a midfield when it was like Benedetti or Royer, like a technically play as a forward and like go up. It's like when we have Mateus Uribe in America, and he scored eight goals as a midfielder. And it was like he just scored more than like our forward. That's like what's going on here. Not, not that I'm complaining, but it's like the thing where it's like our forward should be the one scoring. You are playing the position of a forward where, you're, where the whole purpose is for you is to score goals for your team.
3: Funny you say that, though, because I think, well, Ivan kind of pointed out Henry. I think my player to watch is Vinas because, you know, like AJ just said, you know, we're kind of also on this little, little hype train that Vinyas has around him that, you know, he's supposed to be, you know, this next goal scorer for America. He's supposed to be the one to be the top scorer after so many years for America. And for right now, he's not living up to his expectations that we put on him. Now, maybe for Piojo, he's just doing just fine. That's why he keeps starting. But for me, I have a feeling that maybe at some point people are going to start criticizing him a little bit more now um, because he's not scoring. That's what he was brought to do. That's what he kind of portrayed himself to do last season, that he was some sort of this goal machine that right now is kind of losing a little bit of gas. So for me personally, I think that my man of the match to watch, it's it's Federico Vines to see if he can step up because like I reiterate again, we don't know if Henry's going to continue this form. And then when he does, if he does drop off, and being still isn't scoring, then I think I think that's what the problem AJ was going to, is who's going to score for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, these are all what-ifs at the moment, right? So, again, America could come out and completely blow Pueblo out of the water, and both Henry and Vinas end up bagging the hat trick, and then we're sitting here next week talking about, you know, a whole different story. So, again, it, it's all up in the air until the game actually starts going, but you do, you do bring up a really good point, Christian. I think Venus is about two games away from being in the hot seat if he doesn't start scoring. Um, so I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but I just kind of want to bring up the whole Henry thing. Cause I think he's having a pretty good form and we just dropped, uh, a wallpaper in regards to him. So if you guys haven't checked that out, follow us over on Twitter at Eagle Eye Podcast. All right, gentlemen, talk to me about, uh, your guys' prediction. Cause, uh, we've kept this going long enough and I don't want to keep these people up. I know tomorrow's, uh, Tomorrow's Friday, so we're not completely to that three day weekend just yet. So, uh, AJ, give me your prediction for the game against Puebla. Um, As
2: usual, I'm going to go with this 3 0 win. I got myself with Henry Martin um, <laughs> getting a brace. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm confident with 3 0. I'm, I'm going to keep going with this. Um, But yeah, I got a brace from Henry Martin. I expect seeing a goal from Federico Vinas.
1: Fair play to AJ because he technically almost got the scoreline right against Mazatlan if we would have not conceded that goal. So, I mean, so fair play to AJ for being as optimistic as you. You remind me of a very young me when this first podcast started. I remember I was saying a lot of 4-0s that just never, never came to fruition. Jesus, America. All right, Dylan, give me a prediction for uh, the game uh, against uh, Puebla.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with the little uh, controversy here, but I'm going to say a 2-2 draw.
1: A 2-2 draw. What? Okay, so this is goals flying left, right, and center here. Okay, so is saying three goals. Uh, Cowboy Dan saying four goals, two for each side. Christian, give me your prediction for Tuesday's match. one nothing, America. one no. nothing, America. Wrong. 2-1. 2-1. 2-1, America. Well, you took my prediction. I was going with a 1-0 before you said that. Um, mm-hmm. I just I don't see how America comes into the Estadio Cuauhtemoc and completely blows Puebla out of the water. Granted, it could happen, right? Anything's possible in football.
2: Just watch out for Santiago Ormeño. That's all I'm going to say. He was a former, he was a former, he was a former America player from Fuerza Basicas. Never debuted, but look at him now. Ever since he's um, played in the E Liga MX, he kind of made himself a name so far. He's got four goals, if I'm not mistaken, so far into the season. So, that's that's a player we're gonna have to keep an eye on, like for Puebla, because if he exposes in defense, um, yeah, it's gonna be a problem.
1: I will have to wait and see, but I I don't know. I, I just I see America having a very scrappy game, and then Puebla having themselves a very scrappy game. You're just gonna lead to whoever scores a goal is gonna win the game, and that's how I see it. But I think you know it should be a good game in regards to seeing whether or not this formation can continue to improve. I know you're gonna keep a real close eye on that, Christian. Uh, so that should be fun to watch, um, but yeah, you guys can catch this game live on uh, Tuesday at night, seven p.m. Pacific time, nine Central, ten Eastern. The game's gonna be live on through the it. So if you guys cannot watch the game for whatever reason, make sure you guys follow us over on Twitter. We'll be keeping you guys up to date minute by minute in regards to everything that happens in that matchup. All right, gentlemen, we've kind of reached the limit of what this podcast was supposed to go for. Speaking about that five three two formation for quite an accepted time,
0: but anything we went else that- over the limit
1: yeah there you go we didn't reach the limit
0: because we went over
1: there you go see i look it's been a long day it's gonna work overtime and i'm just completely just i'm tired so give me your guys's uh last takes before we kind of wrap it all up here
2: i got just something for the um for América femininos so we heard that jennifer muñoz did not play against atlético um san luis um last time and then it got to it turned out that uh the commentators said that she did suffer um a tear in the leg so it's gonna take some time for her to recover from that Anyway, then ana lozada um Goya reported that like there's actually nothing wrong with her it's just she simply just wants to rotate players and is just using it as a precaution just to make sure that we don't risk like one of our best defenders and, and america feminine to get injured and also um uh 16-year-old um, uh, midfielder Renata Huerta actually made her debut for America Feminine um, today against Sancaxas, 16 years old, and she got to play 10 minutes, so really proud of her for that since she came from the academy.
1: There you go, 16-year-olds already playing for America. Where were you guys at when you were 16 years old? I High school. Fractured my,
3: my ankle, I think, on that 16 years old.
1: <sighs> you, you know what? You, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna have a sit-down with you, Christian, because you got quite the tell. Uh, so one of these days, uh, I'd love it for you to tell the world. But uh, all righty then, gentlemen. With nothing else in regards, uh, shout out to uh, a good friend of the podcast, Miss Jennifer Munoz. We wish you a speedy recovery. Um, and if She's there is, uh, huh? She's not my friend. You, all right then. Well, 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 everyone here is your friend, Jen, except Christian apparently. So uh, take that. however you want to take that. But yeah, uh, yeah, what did you do? But um. All right, gentlemen, thank you again for coming out tonight. Thank you to everyone who came out and watched Chicken Little, Louis. Chris, uh, I know I'm missing a couple of more of you guys, but thank you so much for watching. Anyone listening to Spotify, iTunes, and or SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you may listen to us, thank you so much for taking the time out. And then we'll be back on Wednesday. Yes, not Tuesday because America plays on Tuesday, but we'll be back on Wednesday to talk all things America vs Puebla, and we're gonna be previewing that the Luca matchup as well. And then again, don't miss the Lady Aguilar podcast on Thursday. We'll be re- uh, we'll be previewing the upcoming game against Leon. So plenty and plenty of America stuff to go on throughout the week. So make sure you guys follow us over on Twitter again and Instagram so we can keep you guys up to date. A lot of big things are coming, by the way, for this month of September, a lot of big things coming from our part in regards to what you guys can expect from us. So like I mentioned, keep an eye out on that because we got some pretty cool stuff headed your guys's way. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much again. Have yourselves a wonderful night. Stay safe. All of you guys watching and listening, stay safe, wear your masks, And uh, as always, good night. <laughs>
0: ladies and gentlemen this was another production of the eagle eye podcast the number one source for all things club america in english make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at eagle eye podcast and get all the latest news and coverage and subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen